You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Hopefully, everybody has had a great weekend. I did spend a ton of time outside playing with the kids. Um, got a couple honeydew projects out of the way that probably bought me a day or two extra out in the stand this fall, which is always good. What else? Uh, shot my bow, um, cleaned the house. I even had a night with no kids. They went to the grandma, grandma and grandpa's for the night. So. Part of that day, uh, Saturday Saturday morning, I literally sat in a chair in my house with no TV on, no music on, just dead silence, and sat in a chair and just did nothing. And it was awesome. I uh, sometimes I take for granted the silence in life and uh, and then when the kids came back, my eardrums exploded, and here we are. So, this podcast, the title of this podcast is about a bow reviews, bow reviews, bow reviews, right? This podcast should have actually happened in January or February, but because of conflict, conflicting, conflicting (laughs) schedules, the, uh, my buddy Ryan, who came to the ATA show with me and shot all these bows that we're going to talk about today, um, he, uh, we didn't, we didn't meet up until this last week so finally here it is june and we are now and hopefully this you know it might be too late but it also is right now a lot of guys are buying bows getting them set up for the for the fall uh if you haven't already or if you have already i'm sorry i didn't get this out earlier but if you have have not i should say uh this is a perfect opportunity for you know just some unbiased information about this uh, all the bows not all of them but all of them that we could fit in into this specific time frame uh, of the of the three day ATA show and uh, my buddy Ryan he came with me and he went and he took notes of all the bows 
that he possibly could shoot in that time frame, and uh, that's what today's podcast is about. So uh, I'm not going to get too detailed in the intro about that. Uh, Ryan's going to do a lot of talking in this podcast, and we filmed it, or filmed it, uh, recorded it in the Nine Finger Chronicles headquarters, which is, uh, I guess, a spare bedroom in this in this house and uh that's where it was recorded and that's where this all takes place but uh sorry this took so long i know i promised it to you guys a long time ago but here it is finally this is going to be a two-part series so this is going to be over two podcasts because it is over two hours long total so i'm going to break it down into two podcasts this is part one be sure to listen to part two um oh geez as soon as you're done with this and uh, then let me know what you think. Now, before we get into today's podcast, I just want to say this is this podcast is about bows. And uh, one thing you need on all these compound bows that we talk about is a good rest. And ripcord arrow rests, they definitely are a top-notch kick-ass rest. I've been using one personally for... Um, Oh, geez, seven years, I think, maybe even longer. And I will not change. Uh, I just got their brand new one set on my bow, uh, what, two weeks? No, three weeks ago now. And um, I got the Ace Standard. Uh, So what I'm getting at, basically, is don't take my word for it. You know, they are paying me to say good things about them. Well, and I would say that regardless, but go check out ripcordarrowrest.com. Check out their their uh, assortment of rests. Go find a dealer who carries them uh, and, you know, put it in your hands, take a look at it and uh, get it set up on your bow and the rest is history, man. It's just a, it's just a kick-ass American-made piece of equipment and that's another reason why um I'm a partner with those guys. So check out ripcordarrowrest.com. Now, finally, let's get into the ATA. That's like six months ago. The ATA Bow Review Podcast. Well, it says it's recording. Yeah. All right. Well, are you ready? I think I'm ready. All right. In five, four, three, two, one. Ryan Iberg is in the nine finger chronicles studio this is this is the first time i've ever had anybody in the studio slash office slash room that will probably get changed into a nursery (laughs) very soon very soon but uh how are you man i'm doing well doing well so what has your what have you been doing summer wise uh, summer-wise, um, well, like this last weekend, I uh, went back to Missouri. My uh, my niece graduated from high school, so yeah, did that whole thing and uh, got a redneck on a little bit, you know. Nice, nice. You yeah. know what they say about, you know, uh, back in the day there was this war <laughs> between Iowa and Missouri, mm-hmm. right? Yep. M- the people from Missouri... The soldiers they threw dynamite across the border into Iowa. Uh huh. Oh yeah. And yeah. then, that and was then a big the, deal. Yep. And then the Iowa guys they picked that up, they lit it, and then they threw it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that never happened. Never happened. That never happened. No. Uh, no. I like I was telling you earlier. 
uh, I consider Southern Iowa just it's like Northern, <laughs> Northern Missouri. You know, there's no real difference. No, that like like I said when you got here, it's more of a blurred line. You know, there's right. not real really a border. It's just like a really blurred line. Yeah. So they just had to put something on the maps because you know for. <laughs> All right, so for those of you guys who don't know, I've known Ryan for a very long time. What? Uh, how long? When? When did we first share a tree stand together? Oh boy, let's see here. Oh eight? No, no, I don't. Well, I was th- about thirty. I was twenty nine, I think, 29. when I met you. So I'm okay, thirty seven now. Right, thirty seven. I'm thirty six. Yeah. Uh, and so we worked out a deal where. You come and film me for a couple years, and, and then as soon as yeah. you draw an Iowa tag, you can come on to uh, the places that I hunt, yep. and uh, you can try your shot hunting. And uh, <laughs> I tell you what, that season that you ended up, first off, I want to say we had a lot of awesome, fun times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's this one thing that we really like to do, which is not hunting related, <laughs> was, is go to this gas station. And get the hurricane. That's right, the hurricane. Doesn't matter what the temperature is. Nope, nope. We get the hurricane. What's your favorite kind of hurricane? I think mine's the Butterfinger hurricane. Butterfinger? Yeah. I think I'm the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup guy. You're definitely the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup guy. I don't think that changes. Nope. 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 (laughs) Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I I could do the the small, the medium, the large. (laughs) I take them all down. (laughs) And a bag of cheese curds. Oh, yeah. We didn't eat healthy during the rut, oh, did we? Awful. So, you got to Iowa. You finally got to Iowa. Yep. And you're smiling because I think you know where this story is oh, going. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Roll it out. <laughs> but we were chasing this buck who showed up on trail camera on like November, or October 7th, uh, nocturnally. But throughout that year, I was sending trail cam pics. I'm like, dude, we got this giant running around on, on the property. And uh, every day, Closer to when Ryan got here, he kept getting closer to daylight pictures, closer to daylight pictures. And then finally we started getting, like, I think it was 6.15 in the morning. Yep. Like, right as the sun was coming up, we started getting pictures of him. And uh, I think we hunted a couple different areas because he disappeared from trail cameras for a while. And then I think he, did he end up coming back? And then we moved into the... Into that area. Into that area. Yeah, because yeah, he was actually going back towards where... Um, megatron was yeah and then he was kind of running that line yep uh, one of those pinch points that you talked about yep and to be honest with you the tree that you shot the tree that well you <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll say it backwards mm-hmm. the tree that i killed my buck out of this year is the tree or is one or two trees away from where you shot no show jones and the <laughs> antler oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yes, I did. Yeah, it's not an often uh, attempted shot, <laughs> but shot, you know, yeah. I mean, who who wants to kill you know uh, right. or harvest a, a 180 inch, typical. pretty much typical? Oh, he buck. was all he's what other than some junk on his bases, he was all typical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like to let him let him grow. So, which is okay because was it the next year or the year after? It was uh, the year wait. The year after. The year after. The year after. You yeah. you were hunting in uh, a different farm, one that we ended up 
well, where I have my experience with uh, shipwreck, right? Yeah. You were there for all that stuff. Yep. And uh, you ended up dropping a buck that if he had the rest of his, what, left side, it was broken off? Um, yeah, right side. Right side. Right side. Okay, so the right side came off or was busted off. That's right. But you didn't see that. Right? I didn't see well, that. It, oh. Like it matters hell, anyway. Hell no. But yeah, it, right. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. You shot a, what, if he had... That other side, he would have easily been 170, right? Easily. Easily. Yeah. Did you ever measure him yeah. with it busted? Uh, you know, I didn't. Um, but uh, I I know uh, I know he, he's big. Mm-hmm. You know, every time I look at him, uh, especially compared to uh, another buck that I have, he just yeah. – he, he's way bigger than him. Yeah. And he has mass that he just carries all the way out. Yeah. Well, and he's a mature buck, so – Right. I'm looking at we're looking at the two bucks in mind. This this guy's head, you would look at it and you say, okay, well this buck here, that's shitty taxidermy. Right. But the picture right next to him, that's awesome taxidermy. Right. The buck just yeah. had a small head. Right, they're identical. Yeah, and then this guy over here, the buck I shot last year, that's the kind of head that your buck has. Right, just a big old fat mature buck. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, I. Uh... I, I, no matter what that deer looks like as far as his rack, uh, even if I would have seen it, I probably would have shot it. Yeah. Oh, he, I, absolutely. He was definitely the most dominant buck in the area. He's, um, he's the only buck I've ever heard roar. Um, you know, I mean, that's, I've told you that story yeah. a couple times, but, uh, you just don't hear that. I thought it was another hunter messing with me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, anyways. Anyways. So you got big plans for this upcoming season? Well, uh, mostly with you. Yeah. You oh, oh, yeah. Ryan and, and me are going to be going on an elk hunt in Colorado with uh, one of our buddies, uh, Adam Parr. And uh, we're going to be going. <laughs> I tell you, here, I went on a hike yesterday with 45 pounds uh, on my 45 pounds. And it was for the most part flat. My legs are so sore today. I I had to call my wife to come pick me up after five miles. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> nice. And she's like, where are you at? I'm like, just drive down this road and you'll see me. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the only, uh, I'm the only grown man laying in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we got that going on. All right. And then whitetails. Whitetails. Uh, I think I'm actually going to hunt some public ground this year. I, I tell you what, man, you're in a decent County for it. Yeah. You have, uh, I was actually looking online the other day, and the county that you live in, along the river, and then that that goes through your county, and then over to the west side of it. Des Moines. Th- yeah, I think there's some really good public land. Have yeah. you had the opportunity to get out and scout it yet? I've uh, I've looked at some of it. I've done a lot of aerial scouting, uh, you know, on the on yeah, the computer. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I've not actually pounded a lot of it. There's time, right? There's some, always time. You got some time before yeah. the season starts. Yeah. All right. So, this podcast was supposed to happen <laughs> in like late January. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. So, and just because of our schedules and the fact that we live about 45 minutes away, I think next year when we go to the ATA show, this upcoming year, we'll just do it at the hotel right then and there. Yeah, we should. It, honestly, probably would have been a better podcast <laughs> if we would have. <laughs> you know, uh, there's been some time passed, and I've forgotten a few things, but, uh, you know. But you took some notes. I took some notes. Yep. Right. yep. So here's the deal. 
I brought Ryan uh, to the ATA show with me this uh, this last one here in January, and he went around and he shot a lot of bows. And uh, how many bows did you end up shooting? I think around nineteen or twenty. Okay. Um, and I didn't just shoot them one time. Yeah. You know, basically what I did is I went through, shot every flagship hunting bow uh, of nearly every manufacturer that was there. And then um, kind of had a, uh, you know, I was taking notes. So I had, I had also had mental notes of which bows I was really impressed with. And then I went back through and kind of like a, you know, first cut, second cut of those bows and went back and reshot them. Right. I was so sore after shooting. <laughs> Man, that was awful. So you shot a lot of bows. You took some notes on those, the flagship bows. And it wasn't just the the Bowtex of mm-hmm. the world, the Hoyts. I mean, you shot as many bows as you possibly could, yep. right? Yep, uh, didn't uh, matter what brands. What they were. Right, uh, okay. If they had a flagship hunting bow, I tried to shoot it. Right. Like I said, I think I missed a couple, but... Right. But literally, there's so many that you can't fit them in. So this is not this is an, a completely unbiased opinion today of what we're going to hear, but it's from... It's from one person, right? So right. he may not have the same type of likes and dislikes in a bow, you know, um, mm-hmm. that that you, the listener, have. But what he can do is he can compare it to what his likings are. So before we start getting into these bows, what is it? What do you look for in a bow before you decide to buy one? Uh, for me, I like the I like a high let off bow. Mm-hmm. Um, because during the whole uh, cycle, basically the the three phases of shooting a, a bow and harvesting an animal, you spend the most time uh, aiming. Right. And for me, I need a lot of let off. Yeah. You know, I'm getting a little older. <laughs> Shoulders not what it used to be. That's right. You That's know. Right. Um, so I do like a a lot of let off, but I also I don't like it whenever it kind of thunks into that that let off stage into that what some people refer to as a wall. Yeah. Um, you know, I like it to be smoother into there, but also when you do that, it's, uh, <clears throat> it can get a little more harsh yeah. if it, if it doesn't just kind of thunk into it. Um, so I, I do, I do like a lot of let off. That's for me. And then I also like a taller brace height. Yeah. Um, just cause I'm, I don't get to shoot as often as I would like. Mm-hmm. And I need some of that, uh, some of that forgivingness. Yeah in the bow um and i'll tell you right now what i'm shooting and what i've shot for a long time um has been an elite Mm -hmm. uh, and i'm shooting an energy uh 32 okay and 70 pound limbs on it um and that's about what i'm what i'm drawing my draw length is uh 28 inches so about 28 and a half with my d loop yep um i don't use a kisser button um and uh, really, that's about okay. about it for, for that. So, do you prefer a limb stop or a not a limb stop when it comes to the the draw? Um, I prefer a limb stop. Okay. And you know, from what I've read and, and talked to people, that it really doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's just as long as it's stopping. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, no not a spongy type of. At full draw, it's right? Not spongy, okay. right? All right. Well, what do you say we get into it? 
Okay. Uh, and I'm going to let you lead the show as far as what bow you want to start, what bows you want to start off with. Um, we'll cover what you like about them, maybe what you di- disliked about them. Uh, get into some of the uh, some of the the details that went along with it, and then towards the end of this uh, this podcast, what we'll do is we will talk about where you ranked all these bows mm-hmm. in. Or, you know, or at least the top tier of bows that you liked. Um, Now, before we get into this, I also want to say, I want to ask, I want to talk to you about price. Um, Price, these bows that you're going to rank here really aren't, we're not, we're not throwing price into the equation. We're pretty much talking about functionality uh, of the bow uh, and what you liked and disliked about it. But um, as far as price is concerned, what is what is your take on the cost of a bow? Well, if if it's a a, a functional bow and it meets all the criteria, I mean, honestly, um, you know, I think the average person would, and this is, I might be pulling this out of my ass, but yeah. um, you know, they probably keep a bow from anywhere from three to five years. Yep. I mean, how long have you have you had your Elite, uh, yeah, you're elite. Before I got the gearhead, I got the, I had the elite. Let's see, I, I had like two or three different elites from 2008 all the way until 2015, mm-hmm. and no, 16, 2000, the season, the 2016 season. So three different bows in that period of time. So that fills right into that with with the longest period of time being my last bow, right. So, uh, yeah, it's not like I go out and buy a, a brand new bow every year. There's guys I know who do that. Oh yeah, they, they've got to have it every year. Oh yeah, they just you and know, it, doesn't matter what they change in it. If it's a huge change or not, they're yeah. they're getting that, and that's that's fine. That's cool. You Absolutely. Know? Um, there might be better ways to to spend your money. There. What do you think the average be? cost on a flagship bow is? On a flagship bow? Yeah. Um, bear. Just play, you know, yeah, yeah, nothing bear, on it. Nothing on it. Um, I'm going to say anywhere between $900 and $1,200, so $1,000 right, basically. Right around there. Uh-huh. Okay. And depending upon who you buy it through and who you know even, yeah. um, you know, that's that price can go down from there. Right. Based off of the the brands. Right. Right. Okay. And, and I'll tell you, I, I was shocked at how much bows do cost now because, um, you know, uh, when I was hunting with a team. Yeah. You know, we were getting free bows. Yep. Um, or deeply discounted bows, and I had no idea that they've reached <laughs> over a thousand dollars. You right. know, I mean, that's that's a lot of money. But then, if you also if you take that and you look at it, price per use. I've got a friend that he always talks about price yeah. per use or price per wear or whatever it is. Yep. And um, you know, if you keep it for five years, that's mm-hmm. two hundred dollars a year. Yep. And uh, you know. You go and you hunt for a couple months, maybe yeah. maybe you hunt, you know, 10 times. The price of that starts going down significantly. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess, I guess it all depends on, yeah, where, where you right. want to spend your money. I tell you, the way I look at it is, and it, it kind of goes in price per use, but what else do I do for a hobby? What mm-hmm. else do I do? If you're the kind of guy who only goes out um, and spend, you know, spends two, three weekends out of the year or only hunts three days during the rut or something like that, it may be in your best interest to not buy one of these flagship bows that are worth, you know, $1,200 bare or $1,000 bare and mm-hmm. drop down to one of those lower price point bows that are, um, 
you know, in the seven hundred dollars, yeah. even lower, even lower, yeah. yeah. And I'll talk about a company uh, that has a bow like that uh, yeah. that I thought this is a great shooting bow. I mean, it, you know, and you talk about a great shooting bow. Most of these bows are right, they're almost the same, right? You know what I mean? And right. it comes down to very small uh, details that you know you may or may not like, and yeah. and. Um, and it's like, oh, well, that bow looks cooler, you yeah. know. And there are, there's, there's a bow manufacturer. I don't like the way their bows look, so yeah. I don't, you right. know. It kind of had, does play into some <laughs> of that bias, you know. <laughs> Man, what if the deer doesn't like it, you know? That's funny. But continuing on that, I mean, me and you, mm-hmm. and a lot of the guys who are listening to this podcast, man, we, we are hardcore, right? So we want the top notch gear. You know, and I know there's going to be guys out there that say, "Dude, I've been killing, uh, I've been killing deer with my 1991 PSE for you know for that's awesome. It is but awesome. I don't spend my money on anything else. Right. I don't have any other hobbies other than whitetails, right? Right. right. And that's where I save my money. That's where I put my money. And uh, I want a very high quality, high functioning, um, highly efficient bow. Right. So. All right, enough bullshit. Let's get into the very first bow. Pick it out. What do you want to talk about? Um, you know, let's talk about. Uh, I'll tell you what. Let's talk about the bow that I was that I said you know was um, lower on the price point range, right. but but it still met. It, it checked all the boxes as far as uh, as that goes. Right. Um, and that comes from um, from Velocity Archery. Okay. Um, that was a, honestly, I've never heard of these guys until you showed me this bow at the show this year. Yep, never, yeah. never heard of them either. And they, they have, uh, they do crossbows, um, and I think that's kind of where their their mainstay has been. Right. And then they just kind of took a blank page design to um, to go from. And you know, this bow's not made in the in the U.S., and that's one of the ways that they've gotten the the price point down. Um, but uh, and they pretty much have one they have one model of compound bow right um, and that's it but it uh, it's a nice bow it uh, they they totally redesigned their cam and they use a hybrid cam design okay um, which uh, as one of your previous guests was talking about that's that's kind of a, a go to thing right. now right um, but uh, but yeah this this bow it it felt good it was well balanced. It was fairly dead in hand, so yeah. it didn't have a lot of the the hand shock that people refer to. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> as we've we've talked before about about some of those things, uh, as far as being dead in the hand or that 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 vibration. Yep. All those vibrations um, they they equal to inefficiency in the bow. Yep. So you're losing energy. Yep. Um, but not not to to rag on this bow or anything, but as I was saying, as a lower price point bow. There, that's a great bow. Okay, so how did it feel? Do you remember how it felt uh, as you were drawing? I guess you got some notes here on this. Yeah, page. yeah, no the the draw cycle draw cycle was fairly smooth. Um, as I mentioned before, it's an original cam design, and um, I think they actually worked with um, with another company on that on the cam. Yeah, itself. if I remember, yeah, and okay. I was talking to their lead engineer, and that that's another point I want to bring up. I pretty much spoke to an engineer about these bows. Okay. Who, cool. If if the company had an engineer there for me to, to speak with, then that's what I did. Awesome. 
Um, and then we tell you there are some really smart guys in this industry. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, you, yeah. you think, Oh, hunting, you know, and these companies and, uh, you know, there's, there's just good old boys out there making bows, but they are recruiting big time right. engineers for this right. stuff. Right. Um, and I mean, if I was an engineer, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be <laughs> awesome. Right. <laughs> so um, you mentioned, uh, you know, and we talked about this on previous podcasts about noise, right? So mm-hmm. noise equals inefficiency equals loss Absolutely. of energy. So when you shot this bow, was there was it loud? Was it quiet? Was it? It, it wasn't loud, but it wasn't probably as quiet as it could could have been. Right. Okay. Um, you know, and that's it's a give uh, or take it, for that price point. Exactly. Right? I, I don't think you know the the guy that's going out a few times a year and just likes to to maybe go shoot uh does or you know or he's just not a huge hunter that's probably a good good bow and it's called the retribution okay uh, the, the retribution from velocity archery yes okay yep. um any other anything else about this bow that uh likes or dislikes um not really okay you know i mean it's just it's kind of like as stated there yep so you shot it and it didn't blow you away or it didn't suck Right. Right. So it was just kind of one of those bows where it's a lower price point, middle of the road as far as efficiency is concerned. So, uh, uh, I mean, would you recommend this for someone who is looking for a, I guess, a, would you recommend this bow to anybody? Uh, especially for someone who's just maybe looking uh, to, to get into right. bow hunting. Right. Okay. You know, because it, it can be expensive. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, most everybody that hunts has some sort of, you know, 30-30 or something yeah. like that that's been passed down to them or right. they can borrow. But a bow, you don't really lend your bow out. No. You know, I don't know about no. you. but no. you don't l- lend it out. And because a bow is designed for you, I mean, I have a 29-and-a-half-inch draw. You have a 28. You can't use my bow. Oh, no, you'd be right. overdrawn. And, yep. Yeah. Different weights and all that stuff. Different yep. pipe. Uh, peep site placements different exactly. everything so yeah and um you know i i have a friend um that he actually got me into bow hunting mm-hmm. um i used to gun hunt uh, another friend kind of got me in into that and um you know the guy that got me into bow hunting he's like here just take my bow he had another a smaller bow yeah um he said, take it out <laughs> we're gonna go up here. We're gonna go to to, to northern Missouri because uh, that's where I'm from. Is from uh, Missouri. Yep. We went up to northern Missouri. Um, <clears throat> went hunting. He's like, this looks like a good place, and it looked like a yeah. good place to me too. If I yeah. was, you know, gun hunting, right? But uh, sent me out with that bow, and it, I'd shot it a couple times, and you know, I could I could get it within a pie plate within thirty <laughs> yards. So I was like, this is good enough. So I went and uh, went and did that, and uh, sure enough. Uh, uh, probably a two and a half year old came by, <laughs> shot him, and uh, I was as happy as could be. Right, you know, and right. that, and from that moment on, I was absolutely hooked into for bow, in, for bow hunting. hunting. I mean, it's the, just the challenge that it that it uh, presents is right. so much different than a gun. And I'm not I'm not saying you know there's no challenge in gun hunting because there's not. <laughs> Dang it. anyway yeah. anyway yeah anyway uh so but it's, it's just different whenever you can see that animal breathing yeah. you know blinking yeah. 
eating, doing all those things up close. It's just yeah. a totally different. Yeah, and that was a joke, by the way, for the people who are going to email me and say, oh, I've had some hard gun seasons. I'm like, okay, whatever. Oh, yeah. All <laughs> yeah. Right. All right, next bow. Anyways, next bow, yep. Um, so we just finished the Velocity, the bow from Velocity. Velocity Archery. Velocity Archery, all right. Yep. What's the next yep. one here? Um, Let's see here. Let's go... Let's go with uh, Bowtech. Everybody Bowtech. knows my, Bowtech. My very first bow I ever bought with my own money was a Bowtech tribute in 2006. I spent $1,050.76. <laughs> that was for the bow, for a rest, and a sight, and uh, the arrows as well. So I just I remember going and, and putting it all in a credit card. <laughs> nice. I was gonna say you have an amazing memory, Dan. Right. Just I just remember that for some for some particular reason. Um so Botech. Yep. Botech had a, a giant shooting area there. Yeah. As they should. Yep. They're big company. They're a big company. You know, they're they're one of the big four, big five. Mm-hmm. Um and they have some some big names yep. with them as well. You know, Shockey yep. being being one of them. Yeah. Um but, uh, you know, they have some very impressive, the, the detailed technology. Right. Um, they like this, this power shift technology, which allows you uh, to basically customize the draw cycle and goes into to more of what I was talking about whenever you're, you're pulling back. You know, you, you reach the, the peak draw weight with your cams and then it kind of falls over into the valley. Yep. Um, they have a way to basically shift that without a, a bow press. press. Right, without a press. That That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's just, uh, there's something to be said for that, especially whenever you're maybe going out to Colorado and right. something happens. Right. Um, and th- that also, that ties into their micro sync dial, um, which basically has like a set screw in it that you, you take out or you loosen and then you can further dial in or tune that yeah um it they look cool yeah you know they definitely look like a cool bow right as far as shooting goes um you know i i probably wasn't as um as impressed with these as what i thought i was going to be i've never really shot a bow tech um but they their two flagship bows are the rain six and the rain seven um and they're both uh, 32 and 5 eighths inch yep. um, axle to axle. And as the name suggests, 6 and 7, that's the brace height. Okay. So right off the bat, you said you weren't as impressed with their bows as you thought you were going to. Is that because Bowtech had such a big, is it such a big brand that you felt you should should be blown away by the way it performed yeah yeah okay. because i mean they they, they get a lot of right. they get a lot of good press you know right. um Exp- well d- recently their limbs or something i think it was their limbs they had a problem with their limbs cracking mm-hmm. did you hear about that yep yeah delaminating so, yeah, and yeah so huge problem there i'm pretty sure i read where they addressed the problem and fixed it uh for i think that was last year's model they addressed the problem and fixed it but what was it about this that you know made you kind of a eh, it's an okay bow? It was the draw cycle. Yeah, rough, rough. Yeah, yeah, rough. And when I say rough, I don't mean that it was actually like 
jerky or bumpy or anything like that, but it's just the transition from whenever you're pulling the bow back mm -hmm. and whenever you finally get it settled. Um, it, it was, it's just harsh. It's just, it's difficult. It's like, it's all of a sudden it's boom. It's just all right there. Yeah. And you're, you're just pulling, pulling, pulling. But, um, you know, having said that, that's how they're getting speed out of the bow. Right. Um, that's, that's one of those things with arrow speed, cam design, brace height and efficiency. Right. Those, those three things will affect your, right. Your arrow speed. Okay. So that's how they're making that up. And there's, you know, this is the way I see bows. They're one giant physics problem. Right. That's all they are. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're going to, we're rapidly approaching the, probably the, the peak of, of speed for a compound bow. Mm -hmm. um, beyond changing something that nobody's thought of. Right. Because, and you're right, there is a, it is an equation. Mm -hmm. Because we talked with the, I believe it was the engineer from Bear on this podcast, and he mentioned that, you know, un unless you tweak something, there's going to be a plateau at some point that will not be broken unless you turn around and give the bow energy with the, you know, when you release it, the limbs cause the string to pop, right? Right. And and that's what shoots the arrow, but you're going. There's going to be a plateau, and unless you turn around and give a push to those limbs and a push to those cams, there's gonna there's gonna be a point that you reach, you know, an arrow. An IBO speed is only going to go so fast, right? right? Unless you're have a one inch brace height, or unless your cams are the size of trash can lids, or right, or your arrows rocket propelled, or whatever. So. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, yeah. And there again, I mean, you're making the bow not shootable if right. the you know the brace height is so short, um, or the limbs are so long, or whatever. But you're you're only going to get out of the bow what you put into the bow, right? Um, you know, which that's why guns work really well. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so what did you like and dislike about this bow? Um, what I liked about it was the speed. Yeah. You could definitely tell it, it was a fast bow. Um, you know, it, I just did not like how difficult it was for me to draw back. And this is the range six that I'm, that I'm talking about. Okay. Um, and you know, whenever you shoot these bows at, at these shows they're they're gonna have them tuned so that they're probably the easiest right for right. people to to shoot you know they're mm -hmm. gonna have the stops set so that there's a nice solid wall um they're not gonna be real jumpy or make it feel like the bow wants to go, right. which was one thing i I didn't feel like this ring pulling sticks. out of your hand N not as not as much um there's another bow that I'm gonna talk about um from bear archery yeah. that it was awesome. Like yeah. for a speed bow, that yeah. thing was amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the rain six, not so much. Um, and I, I, I ended up comparing these bows to the elite option six and seven. Um, and you know, basically for the six, um, you know, I, I think that if you compared it to the elite six, that's probably what a lot of other guys are going to shoot yeah. as well. Um, or it's an, it, and it is an, an easy bow to acquire, you know, yeah. you can go out to shields and they've, mm -hmm. there's plenty of those around and they have that bow. Right. Um, but 
you know, the, the six I have here, it's more difficult to draw, but not as much as the option six. Okay. So I hate to, I hate to jump around from bow to bow, no, but that's we'll, just and we'll kind go of what into I'm, that. We'll go into that bow next. Uh, yeah. So it's, so they can hear what you're talking about, but you know, it does have that technology. The bow tech does have that technology where you can adjust on the fly without a bow press. Exactly. Um, uh, it, you said it's, there's good speed. What about, uh, hand shock and, uh, noise? Um, so I was, this is where I was a little surprised. There wasn't as much hand shock in the six as there was the seven on the seven. I have notes, um, that it wasn't jumpy. Um, and it was, it was, again, it was slightly rougher than like the elite bow. Right. Um, but there was more vibration. Okay. So in the hand, a little bit in, uh, more vibration in the hand from this in the seven than there was in the six. Right. Okay. Right. Correct. Yeah, but um, yeah, it has all that that technology. It also has that flex guard, um, which helps with some of the the torque, okay. um, you know, with the strings. Right. Because um, I, I had read, um, and I, you know, I like to give people credit, um, you know, since I'm I'm used with what I do. We're used to giving people credit or referencing yeah. um, certain things. Um, I was reading a, something on Realtree dot com. Uh, and it, you know, the article was what makes a bow fast, uh, by Joe Bell. Yeah. And, um, it's a great article. Um, and it, it can do a lot better job of explaining some of these things than, than I can. Cause I'm certainly not an expert in, yeah. uh, in bow physics or right. any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'd read there that it's basically, it's, it's impossible the way that we draw a bow and where the string lies for it to be perfectly in line. Right. You know, there's get in the way. Yeah. Um, and on that article, they also talked about brace height. Yeah. Um, and we had kind of alluded to that. The shorter the brace height, um, you know, the, the more accurate it's going to be. But um, it's it's going to be, if you can if you can control it. Right. That is. It's not as forgiving, though, with that. It's going to be a little faster. Um, so the taller brace heights, I guess they're more forgiving and they're more accurate if you have, uh, less control over the bow. Right. Which is kind of a catch 22 because a shorter brace height is a, you said is more accurate. If you know what you're doing. Right. Right. But at the same time equals more power, which means, um, let's see the more power that's behind your arrow probably means at the same time less accuracy right? sure so sure. so it's going to be harder for you to uh tweak that bow to get it to a point where it's de- you know it's it's very very consistent, consistent. yeah yes consistent, consistent. yeah okay. anything else about that bow tech um not really did it, i mean is it again kind of with the velocity where it, it you know it's a good bow but it didn't blow you away yeah or? yeah it's okay. it's right up there with that okay all right um, so let's go into that elite. Yes, the elite. You mentioned uh, it's kind of comparable that uh, the Bowtech that you just mentioned is comparable to the elite. Yeah, and um, and you know I'll say elite had um, it, it was a huge spectacle there yeah. for them. You know, they're they're right up there with Matthews, yeah, um, and Hoyt and in their their big displays and everything, right. and um, in their 
you know, they used to be, in in my opinion, when we were shooting them, they were a little bit more on the underground underground side. side. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But then, um, oh, who did they pick up? One of the jury spinoffs, I think, maybe or. Um, you mean as far as spending money in advertising? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah with uh, uh, entertainers oh, okay. or whoever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, then it kind of blew up from there, which was good. I mean, they needed to get the right. you know, probably some of their money back. Right. <laughs> but um, but but to me now, they're just they're they're too big. And this next thing that they did, they they had the split limb design, right? Uh, is what they they came out with this year. Yep. And before that, they had not been a very, um, a very big supporter of that, right? So I don't know. I mean, it's all. Yeah, my I I didn't shoot a split limb bow or uh, elite when I shot mine. Mine was the like the pulse or the pure. Yeah, an impulse. Yeah, like. yeah. So uh, it wasn't a split limb design, and I do I loved elites for <sighs> the longest time. Right? They were they were money. Yep. yep. Money. So. Do you feel that the bow that you shot at the ATA show, these new options, uh, compared? I mean, do you think that the trend is going like better, equal, or downhill? Um, to me, it's it's about equal, maybe yeah. a little bit downhill. Um, I mean, they these took a big jump in price too, I believe. Right. Um, and I think it was uh, Matthews that kind of broke that glass ceiling. For price, price point, point. yeah. For a thousand, I mean, when they push it up there now, it's like, you know, sky's right. the limit. But the technologies that you're paying for, I, I think some people are just kind of riding that bandwagon. Yeah. But then there's there are other people um, who we'll, we'll talk about later that are making, I think, innovations. Right. In the in the bow market, um, and it it may be worthwhile spending that extra money. Right. Um. So yeah, so as I had mentioned, I I shot an elite, I shot an elite. I bought an elite before uh, we were sponsored by him. Yeah, you know I, that's how much I loved him. Um, but so they had the the option six and the option seven. Those were their that was their big thing. Um, and they're a smooth bow. I mean, you know, they're just they're they are a, a, a good bow. Good. Like so, you you compared it to the Bowtech, which you didn't like the draw cycle there. So the draw cycle for the elites that you shot, did you like that? The elites, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yep. And I think their cam design was also a little bit different this year um, as well. Okay. Um, and you know they've always had the mods and everything for right. their for their cams, basically to adjust to your to your different draw lengths. Okay. Um. I'll tell you between the six and the seven, I I did not like the six at all. Okay, and what was it about the six that you did not like? Um, you know it it just felt like it was kind of wanting to go on me all the time, and that could have been just the one that I shot, right? Um, and it it was uh to me it was it was rough. Yeah, the the draw was the draw was okay. Yeah. All right, the draw was yeah. rough then on the yeah. six. Yeah, um, but you know, then compared to the seven, like I said, they had the same cams. Yeah, but the, with the brace height being different, I don't know if that was the the ultimate factor there in that, or it could have just been the way it was set up. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, and that's that's a that's the thing about the bows that you tested. 
yeah, they're tuned probably every morning before <laughs> about a thousand people shoot them. Yeah, right. And that's so, no joke. Yeah. So you, these arrow, these bows are getting hundreds of arrows shot through them every day by multiple people, and so they can get worn out. I mean, they're going to wear out faster than. You oh know, yeah. Than, than the bows that we end up buying. So you know, take this information that Ryan's given us with a uh, a grain of salt. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. All right. You know, I mean, this is like uh, the rental car that you never want to buy for personal <laughs> use. <laughs> you know, you don't ever want to buy one of these bows that's been on the circuit for a year. Right. For sure. For sure. Uh, All right. So talk talk to me about likes and dislikes of the of the elites. Um, so the for six. the seven, like I said, between the six and the seven, the six was jumpy. Um, and it had it had more um, more hand shock. It was definitely more vibration in that bow. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the seven, you know, I have notes very smooth cycle, very dead in hand. Um, you know, but it still I I guess I just have maybe I do have a little bias, like a negative bias towards this bow because they went to a split can or a split limb design, right? And they were so hard up on on not having a, a split limb design. Right. So, you know? you know, new management, maybe, maybe new, uh, new marketing options, you know, so, I mean, you know, these companies have to come out with, in order to compete, have to come out with something new every year in order to, you know, I don't know. I mean, just look at, watch any web show, watch any television, uh, outdoor television show, Look at the marketing that's put into these companies. They have to compete. I mean, they have to come out with something new every year or they won't make it. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's not an innovation, they'll spin it as an innovation. Right. Like the tempo. Let's take the tempo, for example, that they have. Okay. Um, It's basically a synergy with impulse cams. Okay. So now they're kind of Frankensteining some of the, you know, Okay. I gotcha. You know, that's fine. That's cool. Uh, You know, but... I don't know. <laughs> All right. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about quiet, the functionality of it. The um, it, Was it loud? Was there any hand shock? The, okay. So on the 7, not as much hand shock at all. It was it was one of the more dead-in-hand bows that I had shot. shot. Okay, the yep. 7. Yep. Okay. Probably within the top three as far as that goes. Okay. Um, you know, when I when I look at all these other bows, though, and I, I'm – thinking about what I want, what I would like to have, um, in the upcoming year, or maybe even farther out. Um, you know, I want something that they're really trying to innovate. Something, something's got to be very new right. for me. And to me, this really wasn't, wasn't that it, although, you know, if you, you, you start to look at some of these bows, they are starting to split the riser basically yeah, and turn the riser into to two pieces yeah um and you know it's okay let's i didn't want to really talk about them quite yet because it is one of the one of the top threes of my picks but with gearhead you know they've they, they've basically split the entire riser right and you when you start to look at like these options six and sevens that's what they're doing above and below the grips yep they're starting to kind of peel them apart yep so and i think that's a trend you're definitely going to see more of right um as moving forward here okay so let's uh recap this option seven then what do mm-hmm. you want to and then we'll, we'll go into gearhead because you mentioned 
that you the know, split the, riser, the split riser kind of designs. Yeah, um, it, it's it's an all around solid bow for the money. If I was going to spend it though, there's two other bows that I would spend on it that that are going to be more innovative, and I thought they shot better. Basically, okay. All right. um, but all in all, if you're an elite guy. The option seven is probably going to be the one that you're going to look forward to to shooting or okay. having. All right. If you haven't already bought a bow yet, you know, we were supposed to do yeah. this a little bit earlier. <laughs> right, but. right. Well, I mean, right now is the time where people are really starting to either start their research or, you know, are in the process of going to shooting bows and buying them right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so overall, you said if you had the money and you were going to spend your money on a bow, it it wouldn't be an elite. It wouldn't be an elite. Okay. Nope. Not oh. this year. All right. But and from a functionality standpoint, I mean, we it, did did it make the top your top list? I mean, you're going to run through that later, but yeah. Um, you know, it was um, it the seven did the elite seven did, but as Is, far as the six, no. no. Okay. No. All right. All right. So that's the elite uh, gearhead. Yep. Let's go to that gearhead because you mentioned their design. Yeah. So so gearhead. Um, relatively new. I mean, yep. when you com- compare other, you know, like Martin, yep. <laughs> they've been around forever. Um, but Gearhead, overall, very new to the market. Um, and maybe you can help me with this. They were they're actually engineers. They cut mechanical, like uh, car yeah. engineering. I don't like know cams or something like that. I don't know exactly what they do, but they they are a machine shop that had a ton of bow hunters that worked there and they're like, well, let's make a bow. Right. So they have, right. they have all this machining equipment. It's the bows made in the United States. And just for a heads up, Ryan is not going to give a, 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 a biased review of this bow just because I'm sponsored by it. And I'll be the first one to admit, I walked by this booth the first two years or the first year there with the ATA show because it looked like a kid's bow because mm-hmm. they had the short axle to axle bows, right? Mm-hmm. The 18, the 24, or the 20 and the 24. Um and I I did I I judged this bow off looks alone and I felt it couldn't compete with the rest of the bows on there uh and until they came out this year with the new 30s, the 30 mm-hmm. inch axle to axle uh which got my attention, which made me shoot the bow and try their design and i'm going to let you go from from right there yeah so so the gearhead like he was saying very short axle to axle um you know even at 30 for some people that string angle is is too acute for them right you know they just don't like that and maybe it's uh you know from where the 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 peeps opening or orifice is to their eye they don't like having to try to match that up with the sight or um, you know, a, a sharp string angle will make the bow feel a little more twitchy. Yeah. Uh, it definitely will. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like from side to side, it's like your hand can't quite stabilize, but you know, I think with some practice shooting shorter axle to axle bows, uh, that you kind of, you know, right. minimize that. Right. Um, so anyway, so this bow, the most unique thing about it, when you look at it, like Dan was saying, it looks a little bit like a kid's bow is so short but also the the riser is actually split in two so if you imagine like a great big steel bridge um and stand it end to end and then 
put a big handle in the middle of it. That is basically what the bow looks like. Um, and by doing so, they have eliminated um, a lot of torque in the bow in doing that, um, which um, torque or, um, you know, sometimes cam lean, those kinds of things will hurt your accuracy downrange. Um, so in, in doing that, they've eliminated a bunch of it. Um, there's a there's a guy that uh, does a YouTube video, and he looks at uh, vertical knock travel and um, bow torque. And I I haven't seen this guy do a, a gearhead test yet, um, but it'd be interesting to see how much torque this bow has downrange. Bows that you that come from really big names like uh, Matthews and Hoyt. Um, they have a significant amount of torque in those in those yeah. bows. Uh, when he puts them in this apparatus, and it's it's a machine, and it basically reproduces this this torque test um, in the same fashion every time. So it's a uh, a fairly reliable test. Um, <clears throat> but it is it is interesting though to look at these bows, and the the thing about them too is they they've taken the grip. And they've made it so you can move the grip around within side of that cage right. uh, of the the risers to help if you know if you're shooting more to the left, then you can unscrew it and you can make the necessary adjustments to it. Um, it's a it's a neat bow, and I I shot this bow a lot uh, because it it did feel different to me, and it was so quiet uh, and so efficient. Um, you know you. You just kind of wonder how they how they do it all. Are you flipping me off right now? <laughs> no, I remember I only have nine. Oh, oh that's right. Oh. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, but uh, but th- it is a very quiet bow, and yeah. there was only two other bows that I felt would have even come close to feeling having as good of hand feel as this bow did. Um, and these guys are fun to talk to also because they are engineers and um and I like all the specifics and the details and, and right. all these these bows. So right. good guys. Um but uh yeah, they they also have done some things with their limbs. They've coated them in uh, some sort of like rubberized product, is yep. that right? Yep. Yeah, to to help um dampen some of the sound mm-hmm. so you don't have some of those as many of those funky little foam blocks and stuff in between your right. your limbs and and whatnot and they have it looks let me see here i have my bow in the garage i should have brought it in but they have one, yeah they have two, yep. three four looks like four other type of limbs or uh i guess damp sound dampeners built into the bow already yeah but not into the to the limbs, limbs. yeah right yeah right um anyways what about the draw cycle on this bow draw cycle is very smooth um no real great big peak Mm -hmm. settle into the valley easy um yeah let's see here and it's it feels like it it feels fast and i don't know if that's because it's so quiet that it that you don't you don't hear as much of the bow making noise and and then you hear the the thump into the target Mm -hmm. or if they're just fast right now here's one thing that i want to talk about uh just briefly and i want to get your opinion on it you know you hear 
you hear these guys, these uh, – for example, you got Randy Johnson, right? He's a, he, he used to be a pitcher. He's a Hall of Fame pitcher, and he could throw 100 miles an hour, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these guys are throwing 100 miles an hour, and their speed, right? But then you got some guys, and they say he throws hard. Now, he's not hitting 100 miles an hour, but he's throwing hard. Now, I've never really – I've never really – got what that meant until recently and i've noticed there's some bows out there that will just freaking fire an arrow down but it doesn't seem like it has that punch right towards at the end of you know when it hits the target then there's other bows that are not as fast Mm -hmm. but there's some kind of momentum that is carried where it just smacks the target right at the end and it's just like a hammer instead of a pin Mm -hmm. you know what i mean right yeah and i've and this is me again. This is uh, my opinion of it. I feel that that it does. This bow does that with an arrow. It's not fast. It's not. I mean, there's ten other bows that you're going to review today that are faster than this bow. Right. Right. But in my opinion, it carries something about the momentum carries that's carried with the arrow downrange. Mm-hmm. Like that, the velocity is yeah yeah is, is higher. Something like that. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wish I knew more about physics to yeah. be able to to help explain all that. Yeah. Um, but like you said, there is something about the way that the bow, as the as when the arrow is traveling down range, and there's it's so quiet leaving yeah. the bow, and then just thumping the target. Yeah. And maybe it could be because the bow is so quiet that you are actually not. Uh, your ears are not uh, distracted by that noise and you can actually hear it. Mm-hmm. And that, that could be it too, but right. yeah. Um, and so <clears throat> when we were talking about the, the three things, um, you know, that affect basically arrow speed, the efficiency portion of that, right. um, that's where this bow really shines or, or appears to. And really the, the other um, top pick for me, that we'll review today too. It it's very efficient as well. Right. You know, there's nothing really in, amazing about the cam design because let's face it, they're gonna they've pretty much mapped out the perfect cam for right. whatever whatever person feels like it feels the best. That's gonna be the most efficient cam design. Right. There's only so many ways you can make that that elliptical design. Right. You know, or tie two cams together or tie it to the to the limb or you know right. whatever. There's only so many ways you can do that. Right. So the the strides they're gonna make are gonna be in the efficiency of the bow, which you know there's bows now that are ninety plus percent efficient. Yeah. So how much speed are you going to get out of another 10% of efficiency? I don't know. I'm sure there is, there is an equation in somebody right. at MIT, uh, <laughs> you know, could, could figure, but they're not going to waste their time doing that for us, you right. know, for sure. For sure. Um, and that can be done with any of this equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you take the human component out of it and it's just a standard, right. You know, test. Um, but that's the other thing too, is trying to, to help, you know, maybe maybe one company does something with a bow that corrects, takes more of that human air out of it, uh, and makes it shoot better for you. Yeah, right for sure. Yeah. So, uh, Gearhead obviously has the shorter axle to axles and the thirty axle to axle that uh, comes in. It comes in the carbon. Carbon, yeah, the carbon and risers. It comes in aluminum. Now they also have another one called the M thirty. 
mm-hmm. and it's the M stands for Mongolian. Yeah. So if you imagine, I don't know, do you ever remember those Oneida bows? Oh where, yeah. I'm going to talk about them. Oh okay. So we'll go we'll go into the, in, in, into that next. But um, did you shoot the M? Uh, yeah, yeah, M30. Yeah, so I did. Talk to talk to us about that. Yeah, so um, it's a, it is a funky looking bow. It basically the limbs kind of double back on themselves, um, point like, up and down, p- point up and down exactly. Right. Yeah, like a Mongolian bow. Right. You know, if I can say that on podcast ever, <laughs> I PC think so. here. I don't know if that's okay. I, like, that, like I don't call her so. a redskin or you know, <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone. Right. No, we don't. <laughs> um, Too late. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, so this, this bow, it looks awesome. It is a little bit more loud though. Yeah. Y- you can tell it, you know, the efficiency is, is not quite as high in this bow, but I, th- I believe it is, it is a little faster, right? And right. it's one that they, so one thing that gear had is had, had difficulties in doing is everybody wants to know IBO. What's IBO. Right. Um, and because the IBO is a, has a, basically a standard set of, um, of measurements for a bow, they couldn't quite meet that because of the short axle to axle. Right. They they weren't able to give IBO. Well, now that now that they've went to this thirty inch, now they can. And then they call up the the M thirty Mongo, um, is a three hundred and forty for their right. IBO. Right. Uh, and then their the T thirty, which is the bow that I believe you have. Yep. Do you have an, Is it aluminum? Did you get? Aluminum? I, I got aluminum. You got yeah. aluminum. Okay. Um. So. It, it was a 325 IBO. That's pretty good. Yeah. That that is. Um <clears throat> So, yeah, so the Mongo, it may not be for everyone, but it looks awesome. And if it was a little quieter, that that probably would have been my pick for the as far as the gearhead bows go. Yeah. But I did enjoy shooting the the T30. It's a fun bow to shoot. Yeah. Um I do I really like the carbon fiber. Yeah. You know, I, I've told you about my speed skating days, you know. <laughs> but let's have a little <laughs> let's have a little intermission here and, and talk about back in the day, my buddy Ryan here was a speed skater on and we're not talking rollerblades, we're talking the four old school 1970 quads. Quads, the roller skate. That, the roller skate. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's right. At one point, I was uh, was third in the nation. <laughs> no in, shit, in, really uh, third. Yeah, in our it was called is basically the junior Olympic uh, category. Okay, and it's you know you were junior Olympic if you were three years or newer to the to the sport basically. Right. So so yeah. Um, so I've always been kind of a, a little bit of a of a gear nut though because you know we always wanted to tweak your equipment and have right, the lightest sure. stuff and for sure. Um, you know, of course. In the in the 90s, because that's when this was. <laughs> in the 90s, dude. Skater die. That's right, skater die. Uh, in the 90s, carbon fiber was a was a big deal, and uh, they were just starting to really use it in all the skate boots and stuff. Um, so so now to see this in put back into like bow technology, it kind of you know it's like a throwback for me. <laughs> and I I've like been it. using carbon for years. That's man. right. Yeah, <laughs> guys, rookies. Um, and it's not like the, some people, there is a difference between carbon. Some people, when they say carbon, you hear, um, you, or you see, it's just basically ground up carbon. It's really, really small and they compress it. They put some resin in it and that makes it however mm-hmm. it is, but to truly get the strength out of carbon fiber, 
um, they orientate the the fibers, the strands of the carbon, which are they're just they're so small, they're smaller than than a hair, mm-hmm. um, and they orientate those and they stack them on top of each other in alternating patterns. Um, and there's a I talked to one of the engineers at Gearhead, and he said they have a company that does that for them. They they make these um, sheets, these pretty much. sheets, yes, yeah. and then they then they take them and then they they mill them um, into the to the risers that they have. Right. Um, so that that's awesome so to see that it, it's it's true carbon fiber, right? It's it, not carbon, which you hear carbon bows. A lot of these bows are carbon, but they're not carbon fiber, right? Which takes away the durability and the uh, strength. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it might be splitting hairs for some people. You know, carbon's carbon. It's light. Because you're a nerd. Because I'm a nerd. <laughs> Carbon fiber is awesome. <laughs> and I like the matte finish that it has. It's yeah. not this high gloss, high sheeny kind of thing that's going to, you know, attract a, a animal or maybe your wife's attention. Yeah. Uh, if you're buying this under the radar, <laughs> which I can't ever do. My wife knows everything that I spend. Is that new? <laughs> it's no, a hat. I don't know where this thousand uh, dollars came from. Yeah. But you know, and just to be fair here. Uh, this bow is machined by hand. It is made in America, and it is probably the most expensive of all the bows that you've shot, right? Without a doubt, it is. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but, you know, the as I was talking about earlier, you're going to pay for those technologies. Yep. Um, where, where I feel with some of these other companies, you're paying for marketing, and yep. you're paying for brand name. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's a very good point. I don't, I don't really even need to say anything about that, which, which, really sucks to be to the end user. Mm-hmm. You know, n- no, and just think. And, I, and this is where I want to. My whole goal of the podcast, and not just this particular podcast, but the podcast in general, is become educated on the gear that you buy, and don't buy it just for a brand name. Because you will more than likely be paying more for the same technology that's out there from potentially a lower brand, uh, a brand that is not as not as popular and doesn't have the 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 hunting celebrities backing it up or uh, has giant marketing budgets. Because the price of that bow is determined by how much money they actually spend. It's a it's a cost analysis. Uh huh. So yeah, it is. You're right. And, um, I don't know, I, I, I feel that the hunting industry is still one of those industries where, you know, you can spend a ton of money, obviously, on right. some of these bows and not get the best for your money, the right. most bang for your buck. For sure. Um, now, there are some products out there, um, you know, that, like Sitka, Sitka has awesome gear. I mean, it performs the way that that they describe it, it will, yeah. you know, I've, I used it for the first time this past uh, season and I'd been a big gray wolf Wollens user yeah, before that. For sure. For sure. Um, but the, the technology which just with layering and the way they do their zippers and the way they, they like mate the, um, the Gore-Tex together and make it seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all those little details that they have specked out, they they pay off to me. They pay the they pay the big dividends. And there are some companies that are doing it probably a little bit cheaper. Um, 
but there's good you're gonna miss some of the customization features right, for sure and that's not just with bows uh, or uh apparel that's for all companies yeah right yeah. so all right uh any any additional likes or dislikes for the uh gearhead um no i was trying to think of one of their newer oh i already mentioned it um being able to take the grip um, oh yeah which okay so it is a carbon grip Right. It's not carbon fiber. When they say they have an all-carbon bow, yeah. it is a carbon grip. Um, I can only imagine how much money it would cost to make a carbon fiber grip. grip. Yeah. It would be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and probably also for for its use, it probably wouldn't wouldn't work that well anyways. Right. Um, but anyways, yeah. So Gearhead, they've got that movable, adjustable handle. That seems like a... A pretty sweet option to have there and there was something about that you could move that handle any way you wanted but it wouldn't affect the you didn't have to basically reset up your bow readjust it or to readjust it yeah mm. i that i should know what you're talking about but i don't i i can't remember I, yeah I, I think you can you know if you're off one way or the other i think you can adjust the handle a hair and it will act as moving the, the moving the site yeah. or not the site but the the rest that's right yeah okay. right. yeah so anyways so yeah so that's that's cool stuff there all right now let's go to let's go to that oneida okay where let me see here where are my notes for oneida they're in Where's a big they're in a big book here somewhere oh they're in this one okay. so oneida yeah they were in the back of ata show they Second were bow the second bow I ever had was an Oneida. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. And I'm talking, this was... Get you teary-eyed then, kind of? Yeah. Well, it, it looked like this Kestrel that they have. It looks so similar to that. But I just remember, like, I thought it looked <laughs> so badass, right? Right. And when I would draw it back, it'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, it was... You know, if I knew back then... I didn't know anything about, you know, efficiencies or draw or anything like that. And, and, and like we said, there there is a bow for absolutely everybody out there. Oh, yeah. All right, so talk about uh, Oneida. So Oneida, I don't know if they actually kind of went out of business for a while or they just kind of, you know, fell under the radar. But Bass Pro picked them up. They bought the company. Um, and... And they, they basically kind of brought this thing back to life. And what what they've really done is they've really marketed more towards um, like bow fishing. It seems like right. that seems to be one of their big their big um, markets there. Right. And honestly, it'd be probably good for it because it is a little bit louder. Yeah. I mean, the, the, of all the bows, I think I think this was this was the loudest bow. I I have it on here. I was like looking for the note. <laughs> loudest bow. <laughs> loudest bow. Most hand vibration. Yeah. Um. But it's it's interesting though the the draw cycle, it starts out like a recurve, which um you know I'd never shot a recurve mm -hmm. or maybe I had one as a kid but I hadn't shot one until we went to the ATA show and we right. started shooting some of those tribe yep. um bows, um so it starts out like a recurve it's a recurve it's very hard, um but then it it's exceedingly easy though because there's like four cams on it. Um, towards the back of it. And I mean, it just, it just becomes nothing, yeah. you know? So it's way harsh up front, but, um, it was, it's an interesting bow. That's for sure. So, you know, to give it, to give it a fair chance, yeah. um, what, 
it was hard on the draw, right? Mm-hmm. And it initially, initially, but once you got the full draw, it was very smooth. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, you could hold it forever. There was nothing as far as like um, so some bows. Whenever you pull them back, they you like pull them and they're just like. They are a little bit jerky, but it's not because there's there's any sort of rough spots in the cams or anything. But it's just because they're they're pulling so damn much, you know. And you're 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 trying to get those limbs together. But with that one, it was smooth. It was a hard smooth. Okay. Is how I would describe it. It was hard to pull back, but smooth, smooth to do so. Smooth to do so. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, like on a graph, it would. You know, it'd probably take a very nice curve. So, you know? was this Kestrel flat at first, and then I'm sorry, was, Kestrel? Yeah, was this Kestrel their flagship bow? Um, or was I, it this Phoenix? I think the Phoenix was the one they were pushing more. Yeah. Um, and I, it looks like I that's what I shot was the Phoenix. Okay, so you know, and just because the design is so different, and like you mentioned, it's a completely different feel that draw cycle is completely different than any other cam of, you know, traditional cam bow that we, that we're going to discuss today, but the price, it looks like the price is a little, <laughs> is higher. It's high. Right? Yeah. So we're yeah. talking $1,200 for the Phoenix and $1,400 for the Kestrel, which puts it, it's got to put it up at the top, but you know, so me, like how I don't know how a guy could justify buying a bow like that if it's a higher price point, but the functionality is not just just not there as far as other. I mean, is there any anything else that from a design or innovation standpoint that this bow has that's not there with what we discussed today? I don't, you know, I don't think so. I think the innovation came with the the cams being on the risers and not or on the riser and not on the limbs right it's opposite of what you would right. you would think okay um so you know i wonder about that i don't know i don't see an ibo on here and honestly i haven't researched it but as far as the weight you know because you put the cams on a on the end of the limbs and yeah. throwing weight and keeping it going you know yeah. i don't know if there's any difference in that or not as far as as the speed but right um they are definitely I mean, on here, the number one choice for serious bow fishermen around the country. Right. Pick one up today. So it John looks Paul like Morris. You know. Yeah. I mean, so it looks like their their marketing might be whitetail second and bow fishing first. I think almost. so. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I've never bow fished. Yeah. You know, looks like a blast. Yeah. And maybe maybe there's something about that, and maybe you know some of your listeners can comment to to bow fishing. Right. Um, Maybe there's something to this bow that does make it more advantageous for that. I don't right, for sure. I don't know. Okay, so is I mean for let's just this is a kind of a, a hunting podcast, not necessarily bow fishing. <laughs> is this a bow that would even make a list? Any type of list for you? No, other than just looking cool. Cool. Yeah. So you, so from a from a look cool standpoint, it's it's. It looks different. It looks. Different. I don't know about cool, but it looks different. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> looks different. All righty. Um, well, let's see. Just because I have this right here, um, New Breed Archery. Yep, they've been on the podcast before. Have they? Yep. Yeah. And I missed uh, that one. I, I guess. talked with the owner. I forget his name, but uh, he 
I talked with him at the ATA show, and I think they they jumped to traditional this year as well. They did, yeah. yeah. Yep, that was I think one of their big their big mm-hmm. pushes there. I didn't shoot their traditional, right? Um, so let's talk about the their flagship bow. What is it? Um, so they have a they have a few because I asked to sh- to shoot you know the 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 bow, right? And um, Sorry for everybody while he's looking. I mean, you can probably hear my chair. I got a squeaky chair. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm flipping through pages. There's papers. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Somebody will leave a comment about it. Because, you know, I could hear that clock ticking in the background whenever you and Mark were doing Wired to Hunt. It (laughs) just pissed me off. I had to take that clock down because you're the person who bitched about it to me. Drove me nuts. All Uh, right, new breed. Okay, so new breed, yeah. Um the one I believe that I shot was the blade. Okay. Um, and, you know, it, nothing about their bows just completely knocked my socks off. I'll tell you that. Okay. Um, and they they didn't make my top four or five or whatever. Um, but overall, if, so of all of them, you know, I think I had nine bows that I thought were like basically I had – first tier second tier and a third tier they were in the third tier of that i mean they're just a, they are a solid all-around bow they're under that one thousand dollar price point not by much but mm-hmm. they are um you know there's not a lot of great big innovations with that right with that bow though all right so you know not if it's if it's right in the middle for you you know it's it's a decent bow but it's not the best it, it doesn't suck the worst um Let's not spend too much time on this bow, but let's talk about how you how did the draw cycle feel? Where where did it not blow your socks off? Um, probably probably in that draw cycle. Yeah, it just felt like all the rest of them. Yeah, you know. Um, and I'm trying to think. I don't. I didn't write an actual note on this one on on here, but I I believe it was one of the ones that was a little bit more of the the breakover and then just kind of boom. Kind of falls so into that wall, but you, the wall was solid though. Solid wall, spongy. Okay, a solid wall, but a little bit more of a break. The though. valley, the valley, just was a boom right into it. Yep, exactly. Okay, yep. And you're not a fan of that? Not really. Okay. I mean, I I like to know that there is a valley there though. Right. For, for me, um, Hoyt probably has one of the the worst valleys. They, I yeah. feel like it's you just barely get into it, and then you're yeah. in a wall, and it tends to want to go. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I realize. You know, there's going to be people say, well, that nobody's talking about, you know, yeah. I mean, you, you can, you can definitely adjust a lot of that. Out oh, yeah. of it, Every, and everybody has, these. there's some guys who love that. I, I know, oh, yeah. I know guys who love to feel like the, the bow wants it's to go. It's just going. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the Hoyt monster, I think yeah. was one of those bows that there is a very strong following for that. Yeah. For, or the Hoyt, the Matthews, Matthews monster. Yeah. When that bow came out, you know, those giant, great big loped cams, you yeah. know, on it and. Um, some people, you're right. They absolutely love that. Yep. I'm not. That I'm guy. not. Yeah, I'm not either. I like, like I said, I like the, the I, like, off. I like the, like the, the easy chair, yeah. you know, <laughs> kind of <laughs> just kind of sit back in it and just wait, just real, wait you know? Right. Um, so yeah, so nothing here real special for me. Um, they do kind of have the, they have a six and seven, eight, a six inch and a six and seven eighths inch uh brace height so not quite the seven inch you know maybe you maybe you know you want some of that forgivability mm-hmm. so you you go to the six and seven eights i mean it's not a huge right. difference a lot of them 
if you look at most of them, there's a, they allow a quarter inch um, deviation from the from the brace height anyways. So, right. so this you'd say that this bow kind of falls in with a group of bows that it's not. I mean, if you spend your money on it, you're not gonna. You're not going to get the best bow on the market, but you're not going to get the shittiest bow on the market. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. And you know they have a they have a lot of people shooting their bows. Yeah. Um, and definitely, I think maybe as the name suggests, new breed. There are a lot of younger shooters. They do seem to kind of also focus on that a little bit more, okay. which is great for the hunting industry, right? right for I mean, sure. for sure. Trying to get the the kids involved in it. Okay. All right. So what's next? New breed. Um, oh, we'll talk about, talk about tribe real quick because okay. it was one of the, the bows that actually you and I both shot this bow, um, and they, they had the recurves there and they, they were a lot of fun to shoot. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you remember, um, shooting their, their bows or Oh not. yeah. I can, I, cause I only, I mean, I was so busy doing other stuff, interviews and, and whatnot at the ATA. I, I came along with you for about what, two, maybe three. Two hours, maybe three hours that mm-hmm. one day, but you pretty much did all this on your own. Um, and I, I remember shooting their their trad bow, but not this, uh, not their actual compound. Yeah. Are these guys a compound first or trad first company? I, I think they're a trad first company. I I'm, I mean, the front of their pamphlet has a compound, but maybe that's just something that they're. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know either, to be honest. I have here, you know, I asked him, it says, proudly made in the USA. And he said, right. um, you know, 90% of it's made in Ohio. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, All right. So what bow did you shoot? What compound did you shoot? The Kinetic. The Kinetic. Okay. Yep. Kinetic, 32-inch axle to axle. They've got a 6 and a 7-inch. I think I shot the 7-inch. Um, weighs about 4 pounds. Which I'll also say something about weight. You know, maybe you don't always want the lightest bow, right? Because that weight does act to help stabilize Absolutely. the shot. Absolutely. Um, and I think that was one reason why you told me you went with the aluminum um, with your with your gearhead. Is that right? Or well, was it? That's that has something to do with it. Um, there does come a point where there are things that are too light. I mean, just imagine hunting in some some stronger winds. Mm-hmm. right and if if it's just a piece of paper out there just imagine how easy it's going to be for the wind to manipulate that sure so then you get into something a little bit heavier and not so heavy where it's going to affect you holding back for like longer than what you would let's say mm-hmm. a buck comes down the down the lane but if it's too light i feel that any type of any type of bad form that you have mm-hmm. will be multiplied oh, yeah. because of the lightness of the bow that sure, you're shooting. Sure, it's going to amplify it. Right. Now, granted, I got the aluminum just because I felt that, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I went with aluminum, to be honest with you. I, I It could have been weight, but when I added my uh, all my, my quiver to it, when I added my sight, when I added my it kind of, you know, that weight comes up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I am shooting a little bit heavier of a sight, uh, in a H- HHA, okay. but I feel that it's, it's, it's where it needs to be, right? It's balanced. It's balanced. I mean, there's probably some stuff I'm going to do to it, but like you said, 
I don't know if necessarily the lightest bow, like the lightest possible bow, a one pound bow would even be worth it. No, I, I, I don't. Yeah. There, like again, there comes a, there's probably a plateau that's going to be reached at some point. Yeah. And sure. People, there's a point of diminishing returns right. for everything. Right. Um, I think you, you know, you were talking about that on your latest podcast about arrows. Yeah. You know, and there is, there's a, you know, that, that, um, front of center, uh, or that FOC point, um, yeah, you're going to get a point where you get so much weight in the front that then your your arrow gravity is going to affect it, going to pull it down, you know? Absolutely. Same way in, in the back. Right. Um, so, yeah, not to get totally off topic there, but um, back to the the tribe bow, the kinetic. It, it was a good bow. Um, you know, and it, it probably falls in line more with the um, – more with the – new breed for me right um nothing there that just was totally awesome but a good solid bow i do not know price point on this bow i did not ask them yeah it doesn't it doesn't show in their Uh -uh. pamphlet there no it doesn't no but their their trad bows were awesome though yeah i had i had a hell of a time shooting those and it makes me want to someday make the transition Yeah, yeah 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 before i can't do it anymore right um so yeah, so there's that bow. All right, now hold on one second. I gotta change SD cards here. Okay. Before we get into it, and stop. Alrighty, guys, that brings us to the end of part one of this podcast. Go ahead right now and check out part two. That will be up and running very shortly, if not already up and running. So. Uh, continue this podcast go check out part two and uh wear your damn safety harness bye check out part two